Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering The Leftovers Season 3 in its entirety. That's right. This will be a 20-hour podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we are covering, this is our ranking episode, where we rank all eight episodes from bottom to top of The Leftovers Season 3. I am Mr. Sal. I am here with my former student. Oh, by the way, I'm a teacher. I'm here with my former student, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, everyone. Kurt, are you ready to finally declare The Leftovers your favorite television show of all time? No. What is? I can't say. <laughs> I don't think I have a favorite. I don't think I could name a favorite television show. I, w- I will. I'll do it for you. It's The Leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some outstanding ones a lot of finale we spoke about it a lot of times and right now I, i'm excited for the ozark finale speaking of ozark that's the next series mm-hmm. that's coming but i'm also excited for the better call Saul finale uh the dexter new season coming out i'm excited for it um mm-hmm. i don't think that'll change i don't think that'll cause dexter to become my favorite series but better call Saul and ozark have a good chance if they yeah. get a really good killer end series here I, I totally can buy either one of those. If best, if Dexter becomes your favorite series ever, I would really question your mental uh, stability. I mean, I mean, if it was a really good season of Dexter, maybe. But you still can't call it that. <laughs> Dude, you got four, like uh, most of four seasons yeah, of yeah. crap. Three, mostly four, yeah. Definitely yeah. three, arguably four seasons of crap. Yeah. <laughs> So, I I totally agree, but Better Call Saul, Ozark, they could definitely like take a title here. They could definitely see. Okay, I'm, I'm out on these. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, but the leftovers must be up there because you gave it a lot of tens. I do give it a lot of tens, and that basically is you saying that it couldn't get any better than that. <laughs> Question: I, like, I, I gave too many tens. I feel like. Well, I, again, I challenge you to figure out what you would take a 10 away from, but maybe you'll figure something out today. Who knows? Uh, I've personally Kurt, found this season of The Leftovers, this third and final season, to be the hardest one to rank. I would agree. I, now, I'm going to say, so what season of Leftovers do you like the most? I, I'm, I'm still a season two person. Really? I like season three more than season two. Do you actually? Wow. I do. I honestly like season three more than season two. Wow, interesting. That's and incredible. I, that's, that's and awesome. I feel like, and I feel like it's a bit of a no-brainer to be honest. I I can't believe people like season two more. The, the only there's some good things in it. There's Patty, and then there's Old John, but that's it. Well, it's also the first we get of the International Assassin Hotel. Yeah, that's a good episode. But like, and I would argue that the my one of my favorite things about season two that you don't really get much of in season three is Miracle itself. That's true. That, that's I, true. You kind of you lose touch with Miracle. I think that setting was so interesting. Uh, so, I, I but I, I will say that season two I think has the highest highs. I think that there are three episodes in season two that are are just so so high above pretty much anything else in the series, um, but. Season three is the most consistently great, I think. I would agree to that. Yeah, every episode's great. That the I mean, season three. I only have one nine 
on my on my rankings here. Everything else is a ten. So I it really season three is consistently outstanding. Uh, it's and there are a lot of things that I love about season. I mean, season three is the. It's interesting to hear you say that season three is is your favorite. It's a no brainer because it is the most heavily Nora season. Ah. Huh. I mean, Nora and Kevin are essentially co-leads in this season. Yeah, but... No. No, you disagree with that? I I, I would, to the extent that... So here, let's think here. So there's... There's there's um a senior episode. There's a Matt episode. Mm-hmm. There's a... Can I remember? Laurie. Laurie, there you go. There's a Laurie episode. Uh, we get Kevin's episode when he's inside, like, uh, the most powerful man. Yep. There's four episodes there that have zero Nora. Right? And now the other episodes... That's not true. Hold on. Certified has more Nora than it does Kevin. Like, a lot more. Okay. You're right. I take that back. Yeah. I... I felt like there was still more Nora in season two. Maybe that's because there's just more episodes in season two. That's more true. Episodes. But I didn't. I didn't feel like the season was packed full of Nora. Especially, I, I'll agree. Especially like the last episode. Yes, it's full of Nora. Understandably, yeah. and some episodes are full of Nora. Like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, that's a huge Nora episode. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Kevin has Nora like quite a bit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Certified has some Nora, not that much, and um. I mean, I would say Good that it has a lot of Nora. Certified has as much Nora as it has Kevin Sr. I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd agree to that. But I don't think it's too central to Nora. I just, I didn't feel it's too Nora heavy. And even if it is, I mean, I said it before, I don't hate Nora as a character. I just think I you overrate Nora. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I can understand that. I like, I like what they did with her character this season. Because uh, yeah. she, she did something about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I... Maybe. But... But for for me, like I just don't I don't know that I can ever capture what I felt in International Assassin <laughs> any place else. I, like I don't think I've ever felt that way about an episode of television. I've never seen anything like it, and 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 that that really does it for me. And and that's and I live here now. The finale is maybe if I I had it originally ranked higher than international assassin uh so uh you know i think the reason that you're higher on season three than you are on season two is is i mean you you had two sevens in season two um but i'm just a lot higher on axis mundi and lens than you are so do you think this is some recency bias no no i'm not saying recency bias I'm saying like you had two episodes that you only kind of liked. Uh, you didn't love them uh, in season two, whereas in season three, the lowest you gave anything was a nine. Mm-hmm. So, so that so I can I can see why you say you prefer season three to season two. The the one thing I will say though is that you you don't have. The season, the series finale as a ten. So, I, I'm surprised. I guess that's that's my surprise uh, to hear you say that season three is your favorite season. Because if if you're not 
as big a fan of the ending of this season as you were of the previous season. Uh, it's it, that would seem to indicate to me that you prefer the previous season, but I like the ending more for the last season. I guess <laughs> the, but it's still it's still a good ending, still a great ending. Okay, good. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. But this this was really hard for me to rank. I mean, I really my top five. I I did not know where to put any of them. And, I, I I'd agree. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm mixing probably my top four. You're mixed about. Yeah, so I I really um, this this was a struggle, and I I what I'm gonna go through today is probably pretty fluid, and I might not feel this way in a week. <laughs> but well, let's let's get started here. Uh, I've got my orange tea, so I'm ready to go. Ah, wonderful. So, all right. We'll start. I we we did a coin toss. I won the coin toss, so I'm going to go to, I'm going to go first. Two minutes to discuss uh, each episode, starting with number eight and working our way up to number one. Uh, and any rebuttal time that the other person wants uh, is welcomed as well. You know, I felt like you won the coin toss last time too. I feel like you win a lot of these coin tosses. I am the one flipping the coin. Interesting. I think I think I should go back and check and see how many times you won these coin tosses. Do you want Do you want me to say that you won the coin toss? I can do that. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this off camera. <laughs> okay. I don't actually have I a camera do. rolling, so I do. Okay. Well. <laughs> Good for you. Okay, so as a stopwatch, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready, Mr. Sal? Yes. Go. My number eight episode is Crazy Whitefellow Thinking, which is episode three. This is the only episode of the season that I gave a nine rating to. Everything else gets a ten. Uh, and really, I mean, this is incredibly close to a 10 also this is a fantastic episode and to have it be the only the eighth best episode of the season is, is really saying a lot i think the the highlight of this episode there are two highlights of this episode for me uh the first is the burning man who the, the guy who drives up in his car and burns himself burns his car but asks senior the question if you could if you had to if you could cure cancer by killing a baby would you do it um and of course, he says no, that, and they rejected him. They wouldn't take him. And we come to find out later that that's one of the quiz questions that is asked of Nora about uh, in, in order to get her into the device. And she answers the opposite way, and they reject her as well. So that, that's a very interesting piece to me. And then the, the other really interesting piece to me is, is Grace's soliloquy at the end. Uh, I find it amazing that they're able to keep on uh, making that departure affect people differently and, and in more interesting ways. So those, those are, those are the, the highlights of the episode for me. Um, the, I think probably the reason that it's rated low is because ultimately it is crazy white fellow thinking and doesn't actually amount to uh, any level of veracity. Uh, and I'll yield the rest of my time. Okay, 135. Congratulations. Mr. Sal, we forgot about the sound effects. Oh my uh, god! Put, out of, out of yeah, I can't believe that it was only one thirty-five. That seemed—I thought I was running out of time like twenty seconds ago. <laughs> uh, 
got to get back in the game here. Okay, but that was number eight. Okay, and now line number eight. Yep. Uh, Hold on, I got to set my timer. All right. Ready, set, go. My number eight for the season is same thing as Mr. Sal's actually season three, episode three. I gave it a nine uh, out of ten as well, and it is crazy why fellow thinking. Uh, I don't. So there's not uh, what I'm gonna hate about this and these recaps in general is there's not gonna be a lot of complaining. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot of just praising. And uh, so this this is a seniors episode, and he goes around. Uh, we see him looking at the chanting. We see how he, uh, seemingly is close to his son, and you might question it. You know, he listens to his old um conversations with his son, but he takes literally direction. From what Kevin's telling him to do, we hear Grace. We, we you get to meet Grace more as a person compared to the premiere, and we learn about her story, which really surprised me. I thought I saw which way it was going, but instead, it doesn't. And her children might have died because of her lack of trying to look for them. And uh, it's we we see more about them between Senior and Matt. They have a call, and we see a bit more about the book of Kevin. Uh, it's it's a really it's it's a I'm trying to think of a complaint to this episode because I really like it because I love Senior as a character. Uh, we see was it Christopher Sunday that goes on to really help drive uh, Senior's plot when he dies, and there's not much complaint. I guess I felt like this episode could have been shorter, or they could have tied in some more. Like we could have had a, a Matt and a Senior episode is what I felt here. Um, but I mean I still I still get it's a nine, so it's not even that bad. I just. I'm trying to find something to nitpick at. It's a great episode. And I yield my time. Yep. Uh, that was a minute and 42. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think really, like the only, my only real complaint about this episode is that it doesn't ultimately amount to anything. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, uh, and that's that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with it. I still give it a nine. But, uh, by the way, that is the only number where you and i will line up yeah interesting you could have been more correct mr sal but you decided to be wrong here and i know we're going to disagree here (laughs) oh boy are we (laughs) all right are you ready for what number number nine nine ready that's a seven oh yeah that's right There are only eight episodes in this season. My bad. Number seven. Oh, yeah. I, I put it wrong in post. My bad. Okay, there we go. So it's seven. Okay, I'm ready. Set. Go. So we talked about episode three last time. This time I talked about episode two of the season. It's the seventh ranked season for me. I also gave it a nine. It's Don't Be Ridiculous. The Perfect Strangers callback episode. Now, obviously, I can see why Mr. Salarite this. He rates this much higher than me. Uh, he knows Perfect Strangers much better than I. Uh he had me watch uh, homework. Have to watch the first episode of Perfect Strangers. It was good. I have I, I do a good series. I do want to watch it. It actually is pretty funny. But this is a big Nora episode, and this is what really shows what gets the ball rolling all the way up to the season finale. You no, know, we we see Marklin Baker. We hear about this ladder device. We get told about it. Uh, uh Nora's told about needing to bring twenty thousand to Australia. And I, this is also where Norris sees Kevin with the bag over his head. But there's this is this is a big instrumental part in showing what drives Nora for the entirety of the season. 
So it's a very important episode. I won't take that away. And I, I'm trying to think of complaints. I mean, this is definitely a very impactful episode. It's just the same complaint as uh, probably episode three of there's just parts and bits I didn't care about. Marklin Baker as an actor was very good. But, I mean, I just don't... I don't have that much of a tie to Perfect Strangers. I know Mr. Sal did, and he helped uh, me keep track of the story as I went through, you know, on the television. Oh, Marklin Baker departed. No, wait, he didn't. He's been hiding out. Oh, here's Marklin Baker now. So, uh, it's still a great... I, I, I feel bad this is only my 7th or 8th episode, but... The other episode's just better. It is what it is. I yield my time. Okay, 145. Okay. I, I, I totally agree with that last statement, and I think I'm going to end up saying that with my, with my number seven right now. <laughs> okay. Are you ready, Mr. Sam? I'm ready. Ready, set, go. My number seven rated episode is It's a Matt, 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 Matt World, which is episode five. And I feel really bad that this is my number seven rated episode. I want to rate this higher, but I just, I, I don't know what to displace. It's this episode is so good from Matt reading the book of Daniel on, on the way to Australia uh, about Daniel being thrown into the lion's den only to end up himself with, with a lion on board this ship and, and with a, a group of people pretending to be lions uh, on board this ship um his conversation with with david burton uh where david burton is is tied to, to the wheelchair and and matt has a captive audience with the man who he is accusing of blaspheming by calling himself god who by the end of this conversation he, matt is going to refer to him as god uh and only to have his hopes crushed when he lets him go so that he can be healed and quote unquote, God snaps his fingers and says, ta-da. And Matt realizes that the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, and, but what that does, I think ultimately is trigger in him that what he's doing with Kevin is not all that different from what David Burton is doing with himself. And uh, j- just perfectly honest with you, just seeing David Burton, uh, at all in in the real world as opposed to in the international assassin hotel world is pretty pretty amazing and the topper on all of this is the the debate between matt and laurie because watching that science versus faith argument play out over the course of this episode is just it's stellar there there, i don't have anything bad to say about this episode That's pretty, what do you mean? Haha, that was like perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, but you still got stopped, Mr. Sal. You went over. Let's get fined for that. Okay. Uh, I yeah. I agree with you. What you said. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Mm-hmm. That's why I ranked okay. it higher than you. Oh, are you ready for your next episode? I am. We're on to number six. Okay. Ready, set, go. My number six rated episode is episode one, The Book of Kevin, uh, which I gave a 10. I gave everything a 10 except for Crazy Whitefell thinking. Anyway, The Book of Kevin is 
so interesting. It's just, it's captivating. I'm not sure how else to describe it. Uh, we're, you know, we're back in Miracle. Uh, we're back with our characters we care so much about, but Miracle has changed because all are welcome now because when the Guilty Remnant broke in at the end of last season, that just changed everything, even though they got blown up by probably a drone strike, but maybe by uh, a gas leak, who knows. Uh, we get to see Dean. It's the return of Dean and the this dog conspiracy theory. Uh, we get the book of Kevin itself. Kevin finds out that Matt and Michael and John are writing a book about him and his seeming immortality, at least in Miracle. And then to top it all off at the end, we get this flash forward, which we don't even know whether or not it's a flash forward. When I first saw this episode, I had no idea what I was seeing at the end. And all kinds of crazy theories were racing through my mind. You know, is this is this an, a post-apocalyptic future where there's there's there are no or people are very sparsely populated? Uh, is is Kevin a deity in this in this place? And so the, this nun is actually a nun in the Church of Kevin. Uh, so much went on in my head and. You're left to think about it for the whole season. And that's to say nothing of the opening with the Millerites, which really sets up the whole season so nicely with this theme of misplaced faith. And we see misplaced faith in Grace. We see misplaced faith in Senior. We see misplaced faith in Matt. Maybe we even see it in Kevin and Nora in the, at the end of the season. Uh, but it, the, wow. it's... Okay. Mr. Sal. What? You've got to watch out with your time, Okay. Okay, I'll be more careful. Okay. okay. It worries me sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm just, you're fine. I know. <laughs> All right, you ready for your number six, Kurt? I'm, I'm ready for my number six. Ready, set, go. Uh, my number six is The Book of Nora, which is the season finale. I gave it a nine out of ten, and I spoke about it, how this... I did not rate a ten, as I did with the other finale, and that it's true. This got a nine out of ten. It is a pretty great finale. I it certainly circumnavigated my expectations. I turned out to be right that that was a flash forward. I did forget that that looked like an old Nora. I don't know how I forgot that it looked like an old Nora. It'd been so long, I guess, since I'd seen that scene. I just I don't know. I, I I'm upset that I forgot about that. I remember. Just anyway. I it I it really I I did not expect the finale the way it went. And I did not think it would come down to a question of whether or not Nora is lying. Mm -hmm. um, there are other finales, I mean, there's other ideas, you know. I, I like the concept of um, maybe Nora is gone. Or, I, I, there's a lot of ways it could have gone. They went this way. Wasn't expecting it, but I still like it, right? They get a ton of 10, that's true. And I think it was kind of slow at times. Uh, it, 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 for a finale, it's very slow, right? It's It's... It's. It makes you wonder the whole time. It, it keeps bringing these into thoughts. Is Nora lying? A lot, a lot of things online just for that final scene. It all builds to that final scene, and it is a great final scene, right? Between Nora and Kevin, and does Kevin even believe Nora? I don't know. I don't believe Nora, but maybe he does. Maybe he just doing it because he has to. Uh, it's still a great finale. Even though I gave it nine out of ten, it's still like I, I, like I said, this is my favorite season of leftovers. The finale is still really good. Uh, yeah, I, I would skim the book of Nora. Yield my time. 
149, I would skim the book of Nora. Oh, man. I don't read that much anymore, so I don't know if I could read the whole book, but I'd I'd certainly skim it. You know, by the way, I I do appreciate you uh, starting your uh, timers with Ready, Set, Go. So thank you for that. I'm sure you're consciously doing it, but eventually you'll you'll change it to mix me up. Interesting. I, I, Uh, I, I, I don't like the fact that you're always pretty vanilla about it. Okay. I wish you'd kind of switch it up sometimes. You're, uh, Mr. Seller, you're the type of guy. What kind of ice cream do you get if you get ice cream? Let's see you there. You're looking ice cream, shocking ice cream. So my, my favorite ice cream is a, it's called Bulldog Crunch. That's made by an ice cream company in Ithaca, New York called Purity Ice Cream. Okay, this is a very, I didn't think you'd go this elaborate, huh? <laughs> It is a pecan praline flavored ice cream. Okay, I'll I'll repeat it. You're an ice cream shop, just a standard ice cream shop. Never been in there before. What do you say? What are my choices? You don't know. It's an ice cream shop. Are you gonna start asking? Or are you just gonna say a choice? I'm gonna start asking. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Then. I, I want to know what my options are. Okay, well, there's a big list of options. What are you gonna pick? I'm I'm gonna ask if they have bulldog crunch. Okay, they don't. They don't have your niche ice cream. They have their own brand named ice cream. So they have like they have all the regulars, right? Like chocolate, vanilla, maybe birthday cake. I don't know, mousse, blob, no, cookie cream, mousse tracks. Mousse tracks are good. Uh, I, I I yeah, I mean now my next oh, question. Oh oh oh! Here, hold on. Love. Love seasonal ice cream, pumpkin pie ice cream. Mm, okay. That's fantastic. Well, say you get yourself some pumpkin pie ice cream. You come there again. It was pretty good pumpkin pie ice cream. Are you going to get the same ice cream again? Probably. You come back there next week and get the same ice cream again? I can't tell you how many times this summer I got Bulldog Crunch at the same place. The rest of my case, Mr. Sal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, you know what I like to do? I like to change it up sometimes. Yeah. I got some moose tracks here. I'll, I'll go birthday cake. Give me just some chocolate. <laughs> okay. Well, Give me a swirl, actually. I want to get the mix. Good okay. for you. So I'm mixing it up, Mr. Snow. So we we had just talked about, uh, you, you just mentioned how so much of the Book of Nora comes down to whether uh, Nora is telling the truth uh, and also whether or not Kevin actually believes her, even though he's saying that he does. Uh, and later this week we'll talk about uh, whether or not someone actually believes someone else or is he just saying that he does that's true but I don't know how you had such insight that we're even going to talk about that I'll make sure it comes up oh okay even though I'm pretty sure I'll be the one that makes sure it comes up but okay well we'll see who gets there first I'll win it you want (laughs) to bet money that I'll win it Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Number I mean, five. Number five, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm ready to go. On your mark. Get set. Wait for me to say go. Go. Uh, why did you say go twice? Your time's running, man. That's fine. I don't need it. Because here's why. This is... My fifth ranked episode, it's a Matt, 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 Matt world. Two more Matts that deserves it. It's a fifth episode in the series. 
and this is my first 10. All the subsequent ones will be 10 out of 10s. This is a great episode. Uh, I love Mattis' character, so I love seeing his episode. Uh, we see his face. I'm Michelle. Did a pretty good job talking about it. Uh, I I do I I do love how just they know in this series they can just do such ridiculous places and get away with it. Like they're in this like sex orgy Frasier boat thing, and it's just I just accept them. Like okay, that's fine. <laughs> you do what you gotta do. Makes sense. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just they they've they've made a really good world. So good good on them on their world building, and I love seeing Matt and they. There's there's so much going on in this episode, and I I love every bit of this episode. I I lo- I always love when they do the faith versus science you know discussion here. And Laurie does a great job. I love Laurie's character. I think they did a great job with her in this season, and I think that'll reflect especially my later rating of her episode. But it's a it's a great episode. I'm trying to think if there's really any complaints. I don't have any complaints. Yeah, no, no, no complaints. Great episode. Matt, Matt, Matt World. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Would rate it again. A 10 out of 10. Maybe. And, Michelle, how was your day? <laughs> Fine. Hey, thank you. I stopped my time now. <laughs> 142. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were not close. <laughs> oh. Uh, trying to cheese it up to two, but no. Yeah, I don't know why I always want to get as close as I could. <laughs> Something about towing the line. <laughs> okay, so it's your number five. Are you ready, Mr. Sal? I'm ready. Go. My number five is G'day, Melbourne. Uh, it is episode four, and of course I gave it a ten. Now, this is interesting because I had said when we watched this that this was one of my favorite episodes of the series. Uh, and here it is, fifth-ranked episode of this season, which is absurd. Now, I did have it ranked higher originally, but I've kind of shuffled my order after going through and talking about it so much. But this episode is spectacular. Uh, the, the the scene in the airport, with all that tension building between Kevin and Nora, all the dishonesty, all the secrets, when they finally get to Australia, they go their separate ways, which is which was kind of defeating the purpose of why Kevin wanted to come here in the first place. But Kevin thinks he sees Evie uh, on the television and pursues that and come to find out he is seeing things. Nora goes to pursue this, this device which she says she's there to bust up, uh, but ends up getting rejected from it. And it is devastating to her so much so that, both of these events, finding, uh, seeing Evie and being rejected from the device, culminate in Nora and Kevin and their most brutal display of honesty that they've had in the whole series <clears throat> with each other. And one of my favorite breakup scenes that I've seen on television or movies for that matter. Uh, the use of the, uh, the song uh, Aha's Take On Me uh, throughout the episode uh, really paints so much color in the episode that, that makes it so so much more meaningful and deep. Uh, so I love that. I love that bit of it. Um, and then the the final shot. Wow. Of, oh, I really wanted to say that. <laughs> Real shame, Mr. Stuff. Oh. Do you really want to try to say it? Break the rules? 
I'll let you break the rules if you want, but just don't. I got I got the phrase "final shot," and hopefully, listeners remember what the final shot was, or maybe you'll say it uh, when you uh, get to Good Day Melbourne. I have no idea what you meant by the final shot. So, oh no, really? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Oh. Okay. Well, you already did it to Matt, 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 Matt. We're all so we're done with number five. We're on to number four, <clears throat> which is me again, right? Yeah, Mr. Sal. Before you go here, I'm about to warn you. Your last three goes, you've timed out. I know. And last time, you've already said that you timed out. I know. Be careful, Mr. Sal, okay? Okay. Go. My number four rated episode this season is the series finale of the Book of Nora. I think that this is a fantastic series finale. Uh, I love on a rewatch paying such close attention to what Nora says and does that can be construed as dishonest because it's so important that we have that shred of doubt in the things she says when we get to this final scene of this final episode. And this final scene is just breathtaking. Watching these two, primarily Nora, uh, have this discussion about what happened to Nora when she was gone. And it's so detailed. And it's so... It seems so real. But then we have to ask ourselves, is this real? Did she actually do this? Because we know that she lies and she's been lying. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if she's lying or not. What matters is whether or not Kevin believes her and he definitely appears to, or at least he's willing to. And so they can try to reassemble the relationship that they had. It's beautiful. Turns out the leftovers was the story of Nora and Kevin all along. And I love that about it. I'll I'll be done. Yeah, nice work. That's uh 138. Oh, see, that's too short. That was too short, Mr. Saw. Come on, you gotta get closer than that. <sighs> <laughs> dang if you do, dang if you don't. Okay. All right. You ready for your number four? Yeah, I'm ready for my number four. Ready, set, go. Uh, my number four was Good Day Melbourne. Uh, season three, episode four. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good episode. Uh, you want me to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, there's like a... I like the baby stuff they did in this episode. Good question. Uh, all the hinting with the babies. Uh, like the really irresponsible mother. That may or may not have been a plant. Uh, and uh, uh, some other baby question. I think there's a, what was the other? Uh, you know what? Never mind. We're just going to keep going. Uh, we also got to see Kevin being so crazy, right? Try Thinking uh, he found Evie and just um, they tricked us. Uh, Lori. I think Lori, Lori. I love what they did with Lori this season. Again, right? I, I do love Lori and Lori trying to help Kevin, trying to. Force him to realize that's not Evie. Kind of is in a weird way. Still question her methods. That's fine. But uh, this is also where Kevin burns Matt's book. How dare he? Uh, they also get in a really big fight. Him and Nora. That's okay. You know, I'm not big into fighting. Like, uh, 
Mr. Sal is, he kind of roots it on. You would think he's watching a UFC match the way he rooted on this fight, you know? Want to see some blood or something. Uh, he talked about something about a final scene. I don't really know what he refers to as. <laughs> Maybe he's referring to uh, Kevin entering the car with Senior and Grace. Cause, I mean, that's the only thing really notable. Other than just Nora being wet and alone in a hotel room. But, yeah. Who cares about that? Uh, everyone takes showers. Just like a free shower. So. Yeah. No, we're all serious though. Serious though. Really liked the episode. No complaints. These were all just me being somewhat passive aggressive talking about it. So. Good episode. Rated higher than the other ones. Stop. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I believe the final shot that you're talking about is the sprinklers pouring water down on Nora. Nora's yeah, wet Nora. Ha- head hanging low so that the water is just streaming out of her eyes. So it looks like she's literally crying in streams, which is pretty breathtaking. Um, and the other <laughs> baby references that you're talking about are that they had sex on a, on a changing station. Oh, yes. Station. Uh, yeah, and, I didn't think about that one. Yeah, and Nora was asked the question about uh, if you could cure cancer by killing a baby, would you do it? No, I thought about that one too. Wasn't there another baby thing in that episode? Then the and the woman, the woman interview one. I thought there was another instance of it. And then right at the end, uh, you know, Kevin. uh, No, I don't think she brings it up. But at the the end of the previous episode, uh, Kevin said, "Do you want a baby? Do you want? I want to have a baby with you." But okay, maybe. yeah, because I remember the question over that. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah? Old episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready for your number three? Yeah. Number three. Ready, set, go. Uh, the Book of Kevin, the premiere episode of season three, is in my third spot. Really good for a premiere episode. Top three. Third finisher. At 10 out of 10, The Book of Kevin. Mr. Sal spoke about this. Only six-string episode. Criminal. Uh, first of all, we get Dean, the OG, the man with the plan. He has a plan. Poor Kevin just doesn't comprehend how smart of a plan Dean has. Uh, but uh, what I think I like about this episode so much is seeing all the characters in harmony. At least all but, I think, senior. Otherwise, you see all the characters, they're in harmony compared to season two. And even season one. Season one's mostly chaotic. Season two, a lot of chaos, right? A lot of people butting heads. Season three, I mean, barring Erica and John's, I mean, relationship dying, but we don't even see it, you know, any sort of follow-up between them, between season two and season three. They're just separated, and Erica seems happy, John seems happy, so uh, that all seems great. We see, uh, we hear about an alleged bombing of the guilty remnant. That's not the case. It was a gas leak. Kevin already told us that, so gas leak, but goodbye Evie and Meg, but at least we get to see what happens to them, and I'm okay with what happened, accidents happen. Uh, I just think it's a great, kind of, ties up some loose ends from season two, but also I love seeing everyone in harmony, uh, but there's some holes, there's some holes in there, and it shows some of those holes. Uh, like Kevin, right, I think this is the episode where Kevin uh, suffocates himself. <laughs> and it's like, huh, that is that is odd. Things are looking really great, and uh, we also get to see that flash forward at the end. It's just 
I really like this episode. I think this ties things together. It's, it's just a great way to introduce the season, and I, I love it. So, uh, great by my book. That's it. 159, wow. Good for you. Good one. Yeah. Most like the episode. Really great. Yeah. All right. Are you ready, Mr. Sam? I'm ready. Uh, ready, steady, goat. <laughs> My number three rated episode for the se- for the season. Oh, well, you're going okay. Is episode two? Don't be ridiculous. Uh, and I I think that Kurt uh, has kind of hit the nail on the head as to why I love this episode. When I watched this episode for the first time, and they opened with the with the opening credits played uh, but played the perfect strangers theme song over it i got literal goosebumps uh i i was jumping out of my chair excited because i knew exactly what that meant it, it meant that perfect strangers that which they had referred to in passing and kind of jokingly in both of the previous seasons was going to play a prominent role in this episode i never could have imagined the kind of role that it could that it ended up playing uh when we get to see Marklin Baker playing Marklin Baker, talking to Nora about this device that sends people to wherever they went, it sounds so ridiculous. And even in the beginning of that scene, it sounds ridiculous. But as the scene progresses and, and it takes this very dramatic turn, and we get to see what Marklin Baker is really capable of and, and why it was so important to him that he also depart rather than just seeing his cast members depart uh, is really something special to behold. When he says, I'm not suicidal, I just want some, I just want to take some effing control. Uh, So many people in their own lives struggle with control uh, and grasp at anything they can to take control of their own lives. So it was very, you could really sympathize with Mark Lynn Baker here. Uh, and, and to see this comedic actor who we know for this comedic role pull this off was, I, I was Stop. blown away. Okay. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> You're really into that. Into what? I just you you were really giving your analysis of it, and I just had to cut you off. <laughs> that's the, that's the way the game the game is played. What you gonna do? Uh, fair enough. Okay. Okay. All right, perfect. Rated. Okay. What's your sound? What number are we on? Number we are on number two. Okay, number two, and. I'm assuming you're ready, Mr. Sal. I am. Okay. Three, two, one. You should go. Come on. <laughs> okay. My number two rated episode uh, is episode six, Certified. This is the, the Lori episode, which... When I think about the the fact that my number two rated episode of the season is the Lori episode, that is like I, I just can't even believe that. But Lori's character in this season was so good. And this 
episode is so sad on so many levels. It's sad in the beginning when Lori feels so frustrated because she can't help her patient heal from the departure of her child. It's so sad later in the, in the episode when Lori can't uh, talk Nora out of entering the device. That scene is soul crushing. Uh, watching Nora talk about uh, the beach ball, the baseball game, and why would anybody want that job? And, and you can almost hear Nora trying to talk herself out of out of this, but she just can't seem to do it. Uh, watch, and then it is so sad watching Nora talk to Kevin and again be unable to help him help himself and know that he is about to kill himself in order to help his father and his and his friends and then of course it is so sad so so sad at the end when Lori goes scuba diving after having just talked about suicide uh, with nora and how nora said she would use scuba diving as an excuse for suicide and here's Lori attempting or about to scuba dive after failing to help all the people that she loves and cares about and we're left to wonder whether or not she actually ended up committing suicide there. Um, it's sad to think about even if she didn't, uh, but it turns out she didn't, which is a bit of a relief in this in the uh, last episode. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It, it is a very sad episode. Oh, yeah. Great. <sighs> okay. Are you ready for your number two? Uh, thank you, I am. Uh, my number two... Ready, set, go? <laughs> yeah, okay, ready, set, go. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two episode, The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother, uh, the seventh, the penultimate episode of the season. I give it a 10 out of 10. And also a very great episode. It's a callback to the hotel. It's Kevin's adventure in his uh, world. Though in this one, you kind of go in and out a bit sometimes. You know, sometimes you get taken out. We're John, Mike. A senior all talking about you know what to do what to do next and uh, it, it's a debate whether this should be my number one episode i thought about it but uh, i just feel like my number one rated episode just is is that much better that being said though this is still a great episode i love i love uh this other place right even though he's not in the hotel just this just this world that they have it's so unique and you learn so much about kevin's is i mean this episode's all about kevin right yeah, we get to see the other characters and hear about them, but it's just so much about Kevin's inner struggle. Um, we get that we get a call back on, I guess, Dean again, but more importantly, Patty. I uh, wish Holly Wayne could have made an appearance, but oh well. Uh, just we see Kevin literally fighting himself, and then ultimately making the decision. You know what? I I got I got to stop coming back here. I gotta I gotta move on, and you know he also comes to the realization of how important Nora is to him, which kind of fuels him in the final episode and him hunting down Nora. It's a great episode. And uh, it, it rightfully is number two, maybe should be number one. Uh, but sadly has to play second fiddle to the best episode of the series. In my opinion, which is my other one that I will talk about shortly afterward. However, I'm still in the time for this one. So I will have to end it, which I will end it right now. 155. You're getting pretty good at this. It's kind of scary. So 
Are you, did I hear you correctly? Did you say that the, what the episode you're about to talk about is your favorite episode of the whole series? Yeah. Wow. I say look more than your National Assassin. Wow. That's impressive. I'm anxious to hear about your number one. My number one episode has to go to Certified. This is our second rated episode. Uh, season three, episode six. I rated it, of course, a 10 out of 10. My favorite episode of the entire series. I would even say Lori's battle episode. I did like Lori's character. Um, Season two, I, I think more and more every season, I wanted to see more and more Lori. Season one, uh, Lori's definitely a main character. You know, we're seeing her perspective in the Guilty Remnant. And I don't think I was too starved for Lori attention in season one. Season two, I really want to see Tommy and Lori. You know, I wanted to know what's going on. And I was excited when she finally came to Miracle. Season three, I always wanted to know, like, you know, Lori's a very interesting character to me. I was interested in her and John's dynamic. And Certified delivers on all that. Um, well, in the Matt, Matt, Matt world, we see how she makes her way to Australia. Her butting heads with Matt. But in Certified, she's the bridge. You know, we learn so much in this episode. Even besides Lori's struggles in this episode, we see so much in, you know, how Nora and not really that much Kevin, but even eventually we get to see Kevin's perspective on how things are going. Nora's and Matt's perspective. You get to see kind of um, Kevin's, like, assistants, right? The followers of Kevin almost. You know, John, Mike, Senior, and kind of even Grace. And it bridges, it's just such a good bridge together the series. And we also see Lori struggle, right? She's almost the most scientific person out of everyone here, right? She She's the least faith-based. And so it breaks her heart that Nora is committing suicide almost in Lori's point of view, right? Kevin is willing to commit suicide. And it pushes her to, to go scuba diving. And it's such a sad, this is a sad episode, but I love it. It is, it is, it is a great episode. It is my favorite episode of the entire series. Uh, and that's it. One forty-five. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it's it is absolutely a spectacular episode. It's it's so good, so uh, good. arguably that it should be your number one. I went back and forth with it. I definitely did. I had it at number one at some at, at one point, and I flip flopped, and I flipped it back, and I flipped it again, and and I mean, I was all over the place with these top five. Truly. Are you ready, Mr. Sal? Yep. You're number one. Okay. Ready, set, go. My favorite episode of this season is episode seven, The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother. I guess I just have a soft spot for this alternate universe that Kevin goes to. But I love also how this this season uses that to kind of bookend him and Nora because they both are taking their own journeys, whether real or imagined, and we don't really know for either of them, into this alternate space where they are forced to reckon with their own inner demons. Okay, in the case of Nora, that's she can't move on past the loss of her children. In the case of Kevin, he feels like he needs to be in this place in order to feel anything. That's why he keeps putting the plastic bag over his head uh, and almost killing himself. But of course, the crowning achievement of the most powerful man in the world and his identical twin brother is the return of Patty. When Kevin names her his secretary of defense, again, chills go through my body. And 
Patty is back in typical Patty excellence, uh, chewing up the scenery. I love every second of it. But it's beautiful because he has helped her move on past this world. And now here she is, ready and willing to help him move past this world. And it's so important that he moved past this world, so so much so that they literally blow it up at the end. Um, it's a beautiful metaphor for a beautiful episode. Uh, and I, I could have put anything in this spot from this season, but this is the one I'm choosing to go with. This one just does it uh, for me. Pretty close, Mr. Sal, but... Yeah. I mean, if I could cut off mid-sentence of my last sentence, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I don't know about reading the last that, sentence. I don't know. I'd have that than a minute 38. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rather, okay. Yeah, it is. But that is that is it. That's all we have. That's that's the leftovers. All of it. I, you know, I, I did. you did say that the Certified is your, your favorite episode of the whole series. I think probably International Assassin is my favorite episode of the series. That's definitely my favorite episode of season two. Yep. Uh, and, and I, th- so I, I think that's that we can say that one of the things that other things that I always think about with the leftovers is these scenes that are primarily two people, just one talking to another uh, that end up being these like really long soliloquies about, you know, whatever topic they're talking about uh, with these extreme close-up camera shots uh, they end up and I'm thinking you know in Book of Nora it's obvious it's it's that last scene with with Kevin and Nora at the table drinking tea and and uh, Nora telling him about what has what has happened to her in the last however many years this is 20 years uh, since they last saw each other Um, I always think about those scenes and, and I I wondered uh, if if any of them stick out to you over the course of the season, I can tell you, uh, or not the season necessarily, but the whole series, I can tell you the the ones that really stick out to me are uh, Patty and Kevin at the bottom of the well. That that's that's one that that just really gets me every time. Um, Nora and Kevin at the in the in the very last scene of the series, obviously, is 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 a, is a huge one, um, and then the the scene marklin baker with marklin baker just uh, has i have a very soft spot in my heart for for that for that particular scene as well those are the ones that really stick out to me how about you do any of anything does anything really stick out to you in that regard uh john and kevin was the end of season two. Oh yeah yeah and That's also good. uh just in general a lot of their interactions mm-hmm. um we go back to season one jill and kevin a lot in general had arguments mm-hmm. Uh, that were quite uh, close. Lori Tommy during season two mm. had a lot of uh, one-on-one interactions. If there's any anything else that you haven't said that um, interactions-wise, I think. I mean, there's more, but mm-hmm. definitely really powerful ones. I guess I guess Matt had a lot of uh, a lot of them kind of with people one-on-one, especially during his Matt episodes. His is the trilogy, the Matt trilogy. Yeah. It's funny that we think of the Matt trilogy, but it's I really, I mean, it, it is. I mean, there's there's a Nora-centered episode in every 
season as well, but we don't usually think about the Nora trilogy, but the Matt trilogy is, is really a thing. Yeah, it's a trilogy. Matt, Matt Guy's trilogy. Yeah. Well-deserved. Leftovers, yeah. great series. Definitely, it's interesting how far abstract removed it gets. It's a constant thought I have about the series, how far removed it is from the actual departure for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we, we go back to it of, you know, Nora kind of wants to depart to go with their family. But even at the final episode, we see, you know, there's a nice happy wedding. Seems like a lot of people have moved on. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, most people didn't lose their old families to the departure. And it, it feels like the departure isn't what affects Kevin, right? Lori isn't affected by it anymore. You know, people, they're not affected by the departure for the most part. Even people that might have had people departed from them. Now, yeah, obviously, like I said, Nora's a special exception. And yep. obviously, that's why it plagues her more, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a very uh, interesting part of the whole series. It, it's an interesting crux, the whole series of people just randomly departed, but what has spawned from it, very interesting. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And a, and a great story. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's my favorite series, and I'm, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to, to watch it and talk about it. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm going to miss talking about this show. I'll have to pull it out again in a few years and, and uh, dust it off and, and watch it again. But it, it won't be the same without talking to you about it, Kurt. So thank you for thank you. Go, oh yeah, thank you for coming along with me on this, and uh, I look forward to starting Ozark next monday so in this spot next monday instead of the leftovers you'll be getting ozark season one episode one wonderful i can't wait yep all right folks thank you so much for listening if you want to email us showhopperspodcast at gmail.com uh and please feel free to give us five star ratings we'd appreciate that and always appreciate subscriptions uh and uh you're we'd love to hear from you so Thanks for being with us on this journey through the leftovers, and we hope you stick with us through Ozark.